Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia will keep you on budget and on track so you can plan your big day without the big price tag. Or with the big price tag, if that's what floats your boat. Some people get off on saying, I spent $55,000 on my wedding. Not I, not I. I'm sure you're not in that situation. If you are, well, jolly good for you. Pass on the luck for other people. I'm Alicia, the host of Save the Date, the uh, number one wedding planning podcast. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be able to be sharing this time with you today. How are you going with your wedding planning? What's happening in your life? There, I just left you a little bit of room there to answer back. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing at myself. That's a terrible thing to do. Hey, um, lots to say. I just want to just acknowledge how sore my body is right now. I've just come from a very bougie yoga class in a suburb. I don't think you call it a suburb in this country, in an area called Chelsea. Uh, you might have seen the TV show Made in Chelsea, which is nothing like real Chelsea, but it's a very hoity-toity la-di-da area where you would see people a lot of girls with a lot of hair if you've seen the tennis player he's a good example if you've seen the tennis player Andy Murray his girlfriend no now wife Kim looks like a girl from Chelsea she's got a lot of hair she's very well dressed she looks a little bit like she could do a gap commercial but you know quite well formed and these sort of girls, they're the really rich girls that always talk at the end of sentence. They always go up in the sentence. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you hear them talk about quinoa uh, and they will talk about what they're doing on the weekend. And all their friends have names with two or three like double hyphens. So it's always like Sally Tompkinson Bowler Green. And, uh, you know, it's that sort of area. My house where we live is quite near that area, but nowhere near that area. You've got to walk for half an hour. However, I promise this as a point. There is a yoga studio that is really nice. I like to go there as a special relaxing treat. And uh, I booked myself in to a class. I just picked a random class. I was working from home. I'm like, I'm going to crack a yoga class. I'm going to feel good about myself. And usually the yoga studios in a day are quite quiet. And I turn up and this class is fucking ramped. It is bursting at the seams. I basically did yoga in the door well. The door well? Doorway. And the guy that was teaching it, I walked in, I thought, okay, you're a bit eccentric. You're interesting. And he had a lot of dreadlocks. He was very lean, yoga lean. And he had a personality. He's, you know, had a bit of flair can I just say, very complimentary. But Jesus Christ, I worked my ass off. And he said to me at one stage, we were doing a chaturanga, which is when you go down into a press-up, like a push-up. And he were doing this over and over again, which is his style, respect. But to the point where my arms physically could not hold me in that position. And he said, sister, don't... <laughs> I feel humiliated even saying this now. I got down on the... I was in the press-up, and then my legs just said, oh, fuck, can't be bothered. The legs hit the ground, and he saw it and said, sister, legs off the ground, thanks. And I was like, all right, bro. And, um, you know, he worked hard. We worked hard. And it turned out this class was full of yoga teachers who are instructed by this guy to learn how to be teachers. And they were fucking amazing. I'm sorry for saying fuck so many times, but I can't even express to you how much of a 
big fat loser I was in this class. And I think, you know, yoga is an individual practice. It's not competitive. It's not about how good you are. But shit, oh shit, these guys and gals were incredible. And I felt like I shouldn't be there. Now, that's not the aim of the game. I paid my 15 pounds. I did the class. It was a maze. But they were doing like the stuff you see on all those wanky yoga inspiration Instagrams where you hold yourself up and then flip your legs out at the side and your legs aren't on the ground. (laughs) They were doing that stuff and headstands. They would just hold forever. And then he would go around and sort of push people and move them and, you know, tell me to get my ass off the floor. So that was my day. And now I'm coming home to talk to you. So thanks for your patience listening to me crap on about that. But I had a really nice time. I won't be able to move tomorrow. And after Googling this guy, here's the payoff. After Googling this guy, I find out that he's a bit of a guru and he's a bit famous. And bloody Pippa Middleton has been turning up to his classes. Now, I did not see her there today. She's probably out doing something else. However, all the celebrities go to these classes and me. Crikey, he, look, he'll be going, did you know that the host of the Save the Date Wedding podcast was in your class today doing really bad yoga? He, well, I was doing the bad yoga. He was doing great yoga. She's the one that couldn't get her ass off of the floor. There you go. Tell that to the Daily Mail. Oh, these are life experiences, chaps. You just got to take them where you can. And uh, go out and enjoy a random yoga class occasionally. I'm excited to be bringing you another wedding question and answer segment. Forgotten what I was doing here today. That's what we are doing. It is Thursday. And if you're new to the podcast, I don't talk about yoga all the time. Just chill out. But uh, what I do is you write to me with your questions, your wedding-related questions, sometimes uh, broadly wedding-related, and I try and answer them. And if I'm not equipped to answer, I bring someone on to do it for me, which is always nice to have another voice on the podcast, which you'll be hearing very soon. I've got a couple of fantastic co-hosts coming up. In particular, I'll be speaking to a wonderful wedding photographer, Laura Babb, who is a very well-known photographer here in the UK, and she shot a lot of weddings overseas as well. She is fabulous. She'll be on the show in the next couple of weeks. We're doing a two-part wedding photography special, which is something I know a lot of you have been asking for, and I'm going to get nitty-gritty. I'm getting down and deep with wedding photography. That sounded unnecessarily grimy. I really think there's lots to talk about when it comes to wedding photography. Talking a lot about uh, what style you are looking for, how to talk about money when it comes to photography, because gee whiz, I'm sure you've noticed this. There is a huge range when it comes to getting quotes in the wedding photography business. It can start quite reasonably and get to excessively crazy shit where you are paying more than cars for wedding photography. This is a big deal. A lot of people don't know where to start when it comes to it. And finding your the right person, honing your decisions in, and then after you actually find the right person, how to communicate with them to get what you want. And also allowing them to have some artistic expression, which is sort of what you're paying for. You're allowing them to 
to capture your wedding your wedding day uh, through their lens, through their eyes. So you've got to trust these people and make sure that you have the right person on board. And one of the things I think is really always telling that one of the most popular pieces of advice that I have received and shared with you from all of my wedding experts, bloggers, planners, all these people that have come on board, one of the most common pieces of advice is don't scrimp on wedding photography. And that doesn't mean you need to spend $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 on wedding photography. It just means don't hire someone that's never taken a photograph before that has a fancy camera and went, well, I'd like to try that out. You know, I'm going to photograph Sandy's wedding. Don't do that. If you are in a situation where you're tight on budget, which I know a lot of people are, one thing that I would say is get frugal with other things, but try and actually put as much money as you can into wedding photography. And we'll talk more about this with Laura as well in these episodes. But wedding photography is the one thing you're going to look back on over all those years. They're not going to be thinking about you know, you're not going to be thinking about the $50 bottle of champagne that you were serving people. You'll be looking back on the photographs. And if the photographs are shit, you'll have nothing to look back on. So that is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Very happy and delighted to be welcoming her on the show. Today's Q&A. Look, we've got lots on. Let's just, 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 we just start. Let's just get into it. Just going to go do some gentle yoga stretches while this bit of music plays. And if your boss has something negative to say about the Save the Date Wedding Planning Podcast, you send them my way. You just say, listen, I'm learning on the job. I can multitask. I'm a woman. And if you're a man, you probably can too, but just not as good as us. There it is. I just keep thinking about Pippa Middleton's ass. Do you think tomorrow I'm going to wake up with that ass now I've done that yoga? I don't think so. And I don't think that that ass is just because of yoga, by the way. If you don't know who Pippa Middleton is, it's she's Kate, Princess Kate, bloody, what, you're not allowed to call a princess here. They get quite worried about that. It's uh, the Duchess of Cornwall, Kate Middleton. You know, you know the one. It's her sister, the one that took all the attention away on the wedding day because she had a rock hard ass in that fabulous dress. So that's her. I did the yoga class. Shush about it now. Still feeling the pain. Ooh, here's a really good question, as all your questions are. I'm not being biased by any questions here, but I love this. This is from Lexi. She says, hey, Leisha, I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time while running and driving in the car. Thank you very much for your lovely work. Well, thank you, Lex. Lexi, it's wonderful to hear uh, that you go for running. You do the running stuff with podcasts. I was listening the other day to a This American Life podcast, and it was a particularly funny episode, and I was giggling a lot while I was running, which made it incredibly hard to run. But, you know, it took the, it took the, uh, the thought away from the pain. Lexi says, I'm unsure if you've answered this question in the podcast before. If you have, please just point me to the right episode. I like your practicality, but you, my friend, are the first one to ask me this question. What are your thoughts about doing a first look versus waiting until the ceremony to be seen by the groom? I like both options, and it's hard to decide when both arrangements have their fair share of pros and cons. Now, Lexi, this is a fabulous question, and I chose it because it does lead into the idea of wedding photography, and I will be asking Laura this very question as well when we are having a chat, but I wanted to give my thoughts on it today, and then we will see if her thoughts are completely different. So if you've never heard of this uh, phrase, first look, 
it's totally cool because it's quite a new idea and it's quite a new, uh, I would say, dare I say, untraditional, non-traditional idea that is doing the rounds and I think it's a great idea. Basically, we are asking, when we talk about first looks, we're asking you to break the tradition of your partner, whether it's a boy or a girl, this other person, uh, seeing you or you seeing each other prior to the wedding. And um, I think there's lots of pros and not there's no cons. I don't have any cons to this. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's lots of pros about organizing a first look. And the big first the big first pro is the fact that you can work into your day a very special moment between you and your partner prior to everyone seeing you, prior to walking down an aisle or doing any of that stuff in front of a group. It's a lovely opportunity for you to have a moment to say, hey, how's it going? This is pretty weird. It's a big day. Planning this for a long time. You look nice. Let's have a photo taken. So I think... For a lot of people, they are expecting that moment of arriving at the church or arriving at a venue and walking down an aisle, and that's the first time that your partner sees you and you see them. One of the huge advantages of having a first look moment is, as I said, spending that little quality moment with your partner, getting rid of some of the nerves, getting to say what you want to say to them quietly and personally and privately. A lot of first looks are also happily including other people such as your bridal party as well in it but it is nice for you to just meet on your own and have that moment and then perhaps invite your bridal party and and, uh, close relatives if they're around as well to come and, and share that with you but it is a really quiet peaceful moment that you can have together to say hey we got to this day rock on let's do this So when it comes to first look, this actually sort of originated with wedding photographers uh, and suggesting that perhaps it is a nice time to have wedding photographs, couple photographs taken prior to the wedding ceremony, because when you're looking at your wedding schedule or schedule, it is sometimes difficult to capture all of your couple shots in between the wedding service, the ceremony, and the wedding reception where you're having the party and everyone's having drinks and cocktails and dancing and having a good time. Because one of the banes of wedding planners and wedding guests is when photographers take the couple away for hours at a time to have their wedding photos taken. And then you leave all these people who are here to celebrate with you alone to drink and get messy or maybe not or have a really good time or maybe be bored but whatever happens you've got to sort of fill this time for your guests while you go off and have wedding photos taken now this is fine if you uh, have a budget to fill a bit of a cocktail hour often this is when cocktail hour happens when you're off having the snappy snaps taken But sometimes people ask their guests to go and fill the time in off their own bat. Now, I've been to a couple of weddings that do this. And to be honest, I'm not into it. I have been to a wedding. This is a few years ago now. And I write about this in the guide to getting hitched. And this is 100% how it went down. That I was on my own. I was single. Fine. I was ready to mingle. Unfortunately, there weren't any guys there to mingle with me. I went to the wedding service. And then I got a cab back to the hotel because I didn't know anyone else at this wedding. And because everyone else was going off their own, you know, off their own business to do whatever they're going to do. Because 
the actual wedding ceremony was four hours. Get that four hours. One, two, three, four before the wedding reception. So I went back to my room. I took my dress off. I lay on the bed and I watched a movie. And I do believe, and I'm not kidding, it was like a God, one of the Godfathers. I was watching a movie and then I put the dress back on and then I went back to the wedding and had a couple of champs, mingled, as I said, didn't hook up with anyone because there was no one there to hook up with. Not that That's the only purpose of the wedding. <laughs> but if you've been a single gal at a wedding, you just want someone to twirl you around on the dance floor. All in all, probably not the best experience for me as a solo guest. And perhaps I should have bucked up and met someone, Met you know, not necessarily couple met someone. I mean, just made friends with the group. But it's hard to do that when you arrive at a wedding service. You sit down, you watch the wedding service, and then everyone else pushes off for four hours to go and watch The Godfather quietly on their own in their hotel room. So saying that, a first look is a great way to really minimize the time that you are away and to have that sort of time before the wedding to have a private moment and also to capture some photographs that would be done after the wedding ceremony. Now that's not saying that you still can't have photos taken post-ceremony but it's nice to have a couple of shots that are done while everything's looking fresh and gorgeous where there's no tears being shed, maybe there are, and you have a little bit of time up your hands to get that to get that happening. First looks are also great if you are traveling to a different location and perhaps you are at an original location that's great for photographs but you don't want to backtrack. So that is something that needs to come into consideration when you are planning your wedding day timeline. Obviously, you have listened to the episodes, the wedding day timeline. That was episode 87 and episode 85. They are both called Creating Your Wedding Day Timelines, part one and part two. And I talk a little bit about trying to schedule your day. And uh, to be honest, I didn't actually talk about first looks in that episode. So it's good to be able to share this information with you now so you can prepare that if you are considering it. Now, a lot of people listening to this would go, hey, I don't want to see my partner before it. I think it's bad luck to see someone before the ceremony. Now, I think this is all bullshit because I don't really believe in luck and all this sort of rubbish. Now, the traditions of the bride being seen beforehand, before not being seen beforehand, comes from way, way back when often the groom never saw the bride beforehand. Uh, and if he caught a glimpse of her, because they're arranged, prearranged marriages. So perhaps if he caught a glimpse of her before the wedding, then if he didn't like what he saw, then he would call the marriage off. <laughs> this is where it comes from. It's like brutal. It's saying, mm, it's like going on a Tinder date and they're not the, the photo is not like the profile image. And you turn up at the bar and you go, mm, you are a couple of kilos heavier. Or oh, you really don't look good without the Instagram filters. Again, what a mean person. So that's where the bad luck comes from. The idea that the groom may not show up. Now, I'm hoping that whether you were marrying a boy or a girl, whether you're the bride or the groom, that the other person likes you enough to turn up on the day. And if they don't, well, then it's tough luck to them, can I just say. I'm sure none of you will ever have to deal with that. But 
it, it the traditions of the veil is that's also another thing that it keeps the bride a secret so she's walking down the aisle she's veiled you can't see the face and then hey here it is this is who you're marrying there it is see don't say you don't learn when you come to listen to the save the date wedding podcast i got facts aplenty so i think the first look thing when people are saying well it's bad luck i just think that's a lot of rubbish it's it's old traditional stuff yeah it's nice to have that night away from your partner if you want to do that we didn't do that we slept right next to each other had a good snuggle and then got up and did lots of diy hanging things off bloody ceilings and running around like crazy people but that's us different everyone's got their own opinions of how to do things and their own schedules and their own traditions that they want to follow the other thing is you going back to photographs you get more photos you probably get more bang for your buck because the first look is a portion of the day when a photographer would normally be just getting the getting ready photos taken so if you can squeeze a first look in and your wedding photographer's up for it i can't imagine why they wouldn't be it might be a nice time to get a little bit more extra photos, a little bit more extra. That is Grammar 101 with Alicia McCormack. So also, if you don't want to then go away, like I said, and have your guests watch The Godfather or drink 14 cocktails and get super smashed while you have a ton of photos taken for a couple of hours. The other good thing is you get more time to party and actually enjoy your wedding reception. That can't be a bad thing, can it? It also means that you get more time with your guests, which is, you know, part of the deal. I really find that a lot of times people go off and have the wedding photos taken. That could be times that you could be actually mingling and enjoying the company of the people that you are paying to be with. <laughs> that sounds a little bit like you're paying friends to be there like you have no friends. That's not what I'm getting at. If you're paying for a meal and you're paying for this wonderful party or whoever's paying for it, maybe your parents are, maybe you've won the lottery, but whoever's paying for it, it's important to get the most time with people and really enjoy it because as we've said, the day goes really quickly. The party kicks off the music starts, you're probably not going to be talking, walking around talking, you want to be shaking your booty, making it all happen. So it actually gives you time to share with your guests rather than you, as we'd say in Australia, chuffing off, leaving uh, and having photos taken. It's also great if you want to have, perhaps you have your couple shots done prior to the wedding, you can also involve your bridesmaids, groomsmen, bridal party, in, and even your parents if they're there as well, beforehand, and then you can just get all the family shots and group images if you are doing those sort of pre-planned en masse group images, that's a good time to get those done in between the wedding service and the reception when everyone's gathering and excited and means that you don't have to necessarily run away, have your shots done and then come back and try and herd cats, uh, as I'd like to say, trying to find these people to get them all involved in the wedding photos, group shots. So that's another thing. If we're going to talk about this um, in the wedding photography episodes, but it is important that you plan ahead if you are looking to have those wedding photos taken because a lot of the time things get out of the way. If people are wandering and mingling, you might miss people and then you might not have a photograph with them at the end of the day. There are ways to plan lovely, easy lists so you can just tick them off, have someone do it on the day if that's really important to you. 
Now, I think from if you're talking about a from the groom's point of view, it's actually really nice. I've seen some wonderful first look shots, uh, especially if you look up first look wedding on Pinterest. There are some beautiful images that are captured of a couple having that first moment together. And it's really intimate. It's something about it that you wouldn't get walking down an aisle. There's something quite nice about it. And I think if you look up those photos, you'll get the vibe that I'm trying to put across here. It's also one of those moments that I think is hard to capture when you aren't close, physically close to each other as well. Just some other final thoughts about first look. There are a couple of ways if you don't want to see your partner, if you're really against this, there are a couple of photos that are quite popular now that are people that are having a special moment together but not in the same room. I don't know about this. I've seen a couple of images that are quite cute about people giving each other letters prior to the wedding and instead of have, seeing each other, they stand at each side of the door, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Is that a wank? Maybe it's wank. Should I stop saying wank on a bridal podcast? Wank. There it is. It's uh, totally up to you. And your partner, this is a big discussion to have. Perhaps you might be going, yeah, I'm totally up for this first look. And your partner might be going, oh, no, actually, I always dreamed of walking down the aisle. Or I always dreamed of seeing you walk down the aisle. That's exactly how I'd like to keep it. So do be aware of the other person's feelings. Do be aware of asking them and trying not to stifle any expectations that they have by trying to save time and money. But I, I do think it's one of those situations where you will get that exact, well, probably even more special moment of coming together, having some images, and then either arriving together, walking down the aisle together, which I think is particularly beautiful, or saying, okay, I'll see you in half an hour. We're going to go and have another sort of get together with our bridal party and then I will see you at the at the ceremony. Also very nice. I'm really looking forward to hearing Laura's Laura Babs uh, photography point of view as well. I will make sure that is the top of my list that I ask her about the advantages and disadvantages if there are any of first looks. I am just, well, I'm delighted that you even asked that, Lexi. Look at that. I went on a big rampage there, but it's fascinating because no one's asked that before and I've not talked about it. So it's lovely to be able to share my thoughts. And also, if you are planning to do a first look, I'd love to hear from you. Are you pro? Are you very much against it? I'd love to hear from you. If you are really going, I think it's a a silly, awful idea. I'm sure you probably don't feel that strongly. But if you do, potluck for me. I love it. If you have a question you would like me to answer, well, just write to me. Get it involved. Maybe you would like to leave me a voicemail. If you go to savethedatepodcast.com, at the top of the screen, you'll see contact me. Click on it and it will give you an email form. And also, if you would like to leave an audio message, all you need to do is hit record. And if you're using a smartphone, it will instantly connect to your mic and you can go, hello, Alicia. I'm just leaving a phone message for you in a creepy voice. Thank you. Bye. Or you can email me just like a normal email. Very simple. I do love hearing from you. I get a real kick out of my little inbox 
uh, notification saying they have another wonderful listener question coming up. So uh, do write to me, do get involved, do subscribe to the podcast if you're not a subscriber. It's completely free and it just means that uh, iTunes or your Android application will instantly download the Save the Date Wedding podcast and save them. So if you aren't caught up, you can go to the feed in your app and uh, download the apps as they go. They will just arrive in your podcasting inbox, like a special little gift from the podcasting fairies from me to you. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and family. If you know someone that could be beneficial, big benefiting from my podcast, Gee, it's lovely to have a word of mouth. I always say it's like going to a restaurant. If you hear really good news about a restaurant from your friends or family members, you want to go. You want to do it. So word of mouth is one of those things with podcasting. I think it's great if you can pass it on. I'll be eternally grateful. Okay, until next week on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, have a good one. Have a tops one. Happy days. You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y.